With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index Podcast, episode 213. I'm Trev Downey, coming to you as ever from the AI Pro Outside Broadcast Centre in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm joined for the following verbal sparring session by potato salad muncher, Carl Kopak, and the house-hopping, unbelievably widely-travelled person that is Cam Branch. What, in the background, always observing, is vampire fancier and shite dinosaur film aficionado, Guy Drinkle. Carl, uh, listeners will be sad to hear that you've uh, gone and crotched yourself uh, this week and you're laid low with a broken wing uh, or a busted wing at least. Uh, how are you recuperating, my friend? I've got um, soft tissue damage to my right wrist and forearm thanks to my negotiating a downhill slope while on a run. Uh, and when I say negotiated, I mean negotiated poorly. Yes, um, you lost I, I, that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Gravity won that one, and uh, I went arse over tits, so uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I've been in a sling for the day, uh, but I've, I've taken it out in celebration of this podcast. Well, um, okay, so you're, yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. circulating wildly as we speak. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, I'm making some very fervent points with my hands at the moment, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> but mostly about things like don't run downhill at pace, because you're just, yes, just yes. in the dark. That doesn't work. So, so basically, so, what what your 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 feet went from under you, and you 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 blocked your fall with. Whatever. Well, the, the, the way I described it to one of my uh, volunteers today was, um, you know those Roadrunner cartoons where Wiley Coyote runs off the cliff, and despite the fact he's running on thin air, he keeps running in a straight line. It felt very much like that. Uh huh. And before sort of you know, I stopped dead, raised my eyebrows, and then decided to land my entire um, body weight on top of one one wrist. Yes. So uh, it's, it's really the, the, it, it should be broken. The, the eyebrows come down then just a little bit afterwards. That's that's basically the gist. Yeah, of the, yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that. With a, do you with have a puff of smoke? Doing a puff of smoke and a, an acme anvil on top of you. Then, yeah. Do you do you, uh, do you have an opening thought for us this week? I, I do, and it's um, Carl, it's, Carl, 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 well, stop. Before you do your opening quote, when you say well, when you say volunteer, is that just another technical term for house servant? <laughs> No, I um I, I don't I won't go completely into what my day job is, but I look after people who um want to talk about heart health and share their stories. I will be coming back to this later on when we come to the name drop section of the show, which yeah. I'm bringing back for one week only because mine's a beauty this you, week. You can't blame Brainsy because you're always dropping hints there about you know, yeah, like just pretty just off mic before we went live you're talking about you know your your nice little setup there fireside and your smoking jack and, oh, yeah. you know you can't you can't blame us we we, we do wonder house about house back matches absolutely you, there's a there's definitely a man in the house isn't there well there's a line i really like in, in the film casino where uh where joe pesci's character is furious with robert de niro and he says look at you swanning around dressed like john barrymore 
That's pretty much what I'm like. <laughs> pink dressing gown on, cravat. Yes. Pipe on the go, glass of scotch in the other. <laughs> Brilliant. That, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you asked, Cam, because now we've got a beautiful visual image for the for the listeners to, that's to pretty savor. Much what, that's pretty much what I like all the time. Well, in fact, my Twitter avatar is a man with a pipe, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's yeah. it's 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 on message. Anyway, yeah. back to back to your opening. Uh, well, my, my opening quote is actually uh, it, 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 I was reminded to, uh, I thought to do this because of um, my erstwhile companion, Mr. Cambridge, last week and his magnificent opening quote, which didn't confuse anyone whatsoever. So it's in a similar vein, really, and it's this. It comes very extra. It comes from a woman called Serena Casey. Okay. I can honestly say that I wasn't sure what to expect approaching with falling without landing. As a rule, I might have found reading grisly crime thrillers or history, probably also grisly. However, books. However, I really enjoyed it. The characters are flawed and realistic, which makes them genuinely, which makes you genuinely care about them. The pace of the book is great. It crackles along without feeling rushed, and there's a fantastic scene towards the end, which makes you punch the air. What more could you ask for on a rainy Sunday afternoon? Whew. That's that's Serena Casey. We uh, we. We do like Serena. That's a, that's quite the review for the old book, isn't it? It's fantastic. And, and strangely, it's funny you should say that because it is about my book. So what I'm basically saying is that, uh, I mean, I've got 30 and other quotes. If you want to read them out, that's fine. You know, <laughs> Falling Without Landing is a really well-rounded book that has the necessary components to keep you hooked. An excellent storyline with well-written, believable characters. There is meticulous attention to detail and the scope is enough to keep you intrigued, but not so linear that it's a straight up and down thriller. Well worth a read. That's from Rob M on Amazon. Good he Lord, he's actually going to go through all of these, Cam. If we don't interrupt, he's going to read yeah, them all. <laughs> right, quote number three. No. <laughs> it's like the uh, the Father Ted speech where he's going through all the people. <laughs> yeah, that, the, <laughs> and so to twats. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing to take away is that it's a tremendous novel. Um, Cam, what about yourself? What sort of week have you had, my friend? How are you doing? And uh, I haven't broken anything, I trust. Um, have I broken anything? That's a good one. Uh, yeah, I don't really want to talk about my house issues at the moment. I'm sure there's something going on with my house. Don't want to get into that. Um, <laughs> no, all good. No, uh, yeah, having a, a fabby week as usual. No complaints. So, and uh, uh, yet another venue though. You, like I said in the intro, house hopping yeah, again. For yeah, 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 down, down, uh, down by Heathrow because I've got a very early start. Got clients landing at six o'clock in the morning. So, Thought rather than leave, get up at three o'clock in the morning and drive down at half three, four o'clock, I'll come down tonight and uh, stop over at uh, another cousin's house. It's great this having a big great. family with family, you know, houses all over the world. Stop Net- anywhere. Networking, yeah, networking. It's fantastic. And 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 in in that vein, uh, you've you 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 sound a lot more relaxed uh, in terms of we don't seem to have too many people threatening to come into the background there, which is nice. And the Wi-Fi issues don't seem to be issues. So it's a winner. Yeah, it's not bad. So uh, uh, I'm down here quite regularly. You, you, you're not going to believe this. I've done a pod from this very room on quite a few occasions. So it I, works. I would believe it. Anyway, what's your yeah. initial opening uh, thought for today? Right. This is a, a one-liner from a, a regular on uh, some of the a new a newbie to the AI uh, Anfield Index scene, and um, he quote he said this in one of the chats uh, in one of our infamous whatsapp groups and i just thought what a line and the line is you see what you're looking for and look for what you want to see oh 
That's quite that's quite profound, really, isn't it? It is. It it, it really stuck with me, and I, I I asked him before I quoted it. Would you know? Is it okay if I uh, use your line? And uh, I will credit you, obviously, because uh, it would be remiss of me not to. So that was a uh, for um, that was a uh, on Twitter. It's Keen Dream Star, who fun, who has only got ninety eight followers, which is criminal. That should be at least a thousand and ninety eight followers. So. If you're not following Keen Dream Star, you know what to do. And the context, man, just so that we have an idea of what 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 way was like, what was the, where did, how did that sneak its way into the conversation? Oh, um, there's so much that goes on in that WhatsApp chat. I can't remember. It was about three or four days ago, and um, there's probably yeah. been a thousand messages since. And uh, it was something after. Um, we're probably talking about um, probably Hendo, no doubt. That's pretty much what a lot of the chat seems to be about and how people, they see what they want to see, not what really happens, I guess, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I think it was, I think it was something like that. I think it was Hendo chat. So, um, yeah. Well, one way or the other, as I said, nice little, uh, nice, nice little quote to be able to throw around and fair play to the man himself. Uh, what are we talking about this week, lads, in terms of football? I don't know. We will get to it in a minute, but before we do, just so I can contribute something to the uh, to the opening here as well. You know, we've often talked about the importance of music uh, on this show. Well, at least myself and Carl have cameras. Always got the same four Verve tracks on the loop in the background there. Um, but but you'll also know if you've been listening that uh, the, 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 all of us really, but in particularly myself, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to film and obsession with it. Um, and so my cultural offering for today is a quote from an all-time classic movie about how affecting, basically, music can be uh, when it's heard in the right context. So it goes like this. I have no idea to this day what those two Italian ladies were singing about. Truth is... Love it. Love it. Love it already. Some things are best left unsaid. I'd like to think they were singing about something so beautiful it can't be expressed in words and makes your heart ache because of it. I tell you... Those voices soared higher and farther than anybody in a grey place dares to dream. It was like some beautiful bird flapped into our drab little cage and made those walls dissolve away. And for the briefest of moments, every last man in Shawshank felt free. And that is Ellis Boy Red Redding from, you know, Shawshank Redemption. And it's just so beautiful. I came across it during the week and I thought, ah, man, that's... It, whoever wrote that, that's that's a that's a that's a belter, an absolute belter. Oh, I thought it was Jurassic Games. It's it not okay. Jurassic Games. No, no. <laughs> the greatest movie ever, according to uh, our producer. No, mm. it's not. It's not quite on the level of Jurassic Games. But it's. Do you know what? Just before we go on, I, I don't know. I don't know where that movie fits in in terms of your you you guys in your all time list, but. I know it wasn't successful at the time. Then went on to become. Something. No, it wasn't. It, it really wasn't. It was no, it um, was it got, it got a cult following on sell through afterwards. Yeah. video release. But I, I gotta say that had a profound influence on me. It genuinely did. You know that bit at the end, uh, the 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 the, the final sequence uh, where it, it finally ends up with with Red uh, seeing Andy and meeting Andy on the beach in Zewatanao. Man, that just that kills me that kills me i love that there's so many moments in that movie what is it how does it go again uh, 
I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and uh, shake his hand. I hope the Pacific Sea is as blue as it's been in my dreams. I hope. What a way to end a movie. I mean, that's just... I love all that, I have to say. I, I I, 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 sorry, because uh, I got a load of retweets because I said um, that Katie Hopkins would want um, Red arrested for, prob- uh, for probation violation. <laughs> I got loads of retweets for that. Well, it's funny because it's true, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> it's, yeah. it's true. She, she like, would be throwing up roadblocks. She, out was, she would be throwing up roadblocks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you brought Katie Opting into. I know. I'm sorry. You know. I mean, Do you know what this is? Though? Sorry, just a bit of time. The reason for this is because. Esther McVeigh's been on the uh, the news today, and uh, my mum's been my mum used to be a civil servant, and she's been messaging me about uh, Esther McVeigh and, and Universal Credit and stuff like that. And I reminded her that Esther McVeigh and my mum and me went to the same sixth form college at the same time. Well, same same further education college at the same time in Liverpool, and we can't remember her. Wait a minute, you just said you, your mum, and Esther your, McVeigh. How did that work out? Because I'm on my back time. Yeah, um, yeah, we all went. We all went to college at the same time. Went to FE College in Liverpool. Ah, okay, okay. So yeah. you, you, your mum was doing a course at the same time as you. Yeah, you, she, came, she, went, she went back and did her levels. Yeah. Ah, right. That's ah, fair. right. Okay, that makes I'll sense. Then. I get it. I'll get it. Okay, right, right. Uh, Compacts for educated people. Listen, no messing with the Compacts. Um, and they're, they're on smoke. the wall. They're but I, I, could, I could have poisoned their tea. I was asking. I could, literally things like you know, did I hold the door open for her? No, yeah. without knowing about knowing it. I just don't know. Can't remember just, all. You should have just smacked her in the face. I have no idea. I have no idea who she was at all. Hey, there's, there's, there's no point in you lowering your gentlemanly standards just because you're dealing with a, some sort of a shape-shifting alien. That's uh, yeah. repti- reptiles are reptiles, just leave them be. Uh, we shall move on to the football. And, Carl, I know we spoke a, a little bit before this at the start, and it, you you two were as usually as, as unenthusiastic as ever about talking about the football. You had one thing you wanted to talk about. Cam couldn't think of anything he wanted to talk about. So now I'd like to prepare the listeners for the next 57 minutes of you two talking about football because that's what always happens. But... Um, <laughs> You did, yeah, right. Carl. You wanted to talk a little bit about um, our opposition, our most recent opposition, City, um, and actually uh, fr- fr- from their perspective. And I thought it was actually very, very relevant because you know we are at this sort of uh, juncture in the in the season where you know we're. Uh, sort of nicely set there at the top, uh, joint top. Um, of, uh, interestingly enough, the Reds' goal difference isn't what it could be, considering our defense is so good. That it's really glaring that we have scored so few goals in comparison to what we did last season. But we are nonetheless joint top on points, and that's really all that matters at this stage. And it is interesting then, because we can talk about being title challengers without wincing or or feeling like we're talking nonsense or being a bit overly hopeful. So with that in mind, what was it about City as our title rivals? Let's just lean into it, that you wanted to talk about. It, it was the way they set up on Sunday. I was at the game, and... I thought straight away it was fascinating what they did with the fullbacks. I thought that was really interesting. So, so Mendy played high. Mendy always plays high, but Kyle Walker was just so deep. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, uh, Bernardo Silva, who I absolutely adore, I think he's a fantastic, really underrated player. David Silva and Fernandinho were practically in arms with the part, and then they pushed the three lads up front and played them wide as you, you often do. And um, what it told me more than anything else was it's just Guardiola saying, look. I know you're good and I'm, I'm good enough to stop you and I'm coming for a point. And what, what brought it out to me more than anything else is I, I, don't, I, I don't think this has been picked up by anyone else as well. 
I found their, their goal kicks absolutely fascinating. Because what they do is they they split the centre backs, played them really like on the six yard line um, at an angle. He'd knock it to Laporte, he'd knock it to Stones, he'd knock it to Walker, he'd knock it to Mendy across the box. And our lads aren't bad at pressing off in three. We do a lot of pressing very, very well. And they didn't care because they were just waiting for, you know, come up, come to, and you know, because what you do in that situation, because Brendan Rodgers did it as well, What you the reason you do that is um, you bring it, you basically, you're bringing the forwards onto you so you can attack the space behind them. And they get in front of Henderson and Milner when he was on and when Al's him. Uh, and 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 and, late, uh, and Naby after that, and I was saying this to Steve Tudor. What I found really interesting was City didn't stop doing that till the 75th minute, and yeah. that just that just says to me we're playing so cautiously. But apart from our goal kicks, because this is the, this is basically our main tactic, I think. Because, but it's such a dodgy one. It's it's such a hair trigger because as I said to to a mate of mine the other day, at some point someone's going to stand on the ball. And I've not seen, maybe City doing that in games, I just don't see it, I don't know, but I've not, they certainly didn't do that at Anfield last season. Definitely didn't mm. do that in the league game. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting where Guardiola basically said, I'm just coming to stop you. That's all I'm doing. Because, and it told me more than anything else is, if we go gunko against gunko, we win. And yeah. even when we're not playing at our best, and we're not at the moment, but even if we're playing at our best, we can win. And that's Man City. And I thought also Man City defended absolutely brilliantly. I really did. And I don't like this because that's the third week in a row where I've had to compliment the uh, uh, the opposition. But I just thought the way they set up, we didn't get a kick. Liverpool had a kick, their first shot in 62 minutes mm. at Anfield. It was, they're, they're a good side. They are a it, it was, side. It was, it was a strange, weird, weird game. Several things stood out for me. Um, and and, and the, the main one is a version of what you're talking about, which was that, you know, Jürgen's right inside Pep's head and he changed things so dramatically, as you said, it was just painting the obvious. It was a, a plan for Liverpool. And, you know, they got, I think it was a successful plan. I think you're right. I think they were coming to get a point and if they could nick something great. Um, and they nearly did. And they nearly did. And, you know, you could, you, you'd have had to hold your hands up. It was, it was such a weird game. The stats are so bad for us. Uh, you know, the amount of attempts on goal were ridiculous. It's, it's really, really strange. But coming out of that camp, one thing that I wanted to just throw off, uh, around as well, get your response to it was, what about Fernandinho? Now, we've often heard Carl here talk about th- this particular player and how, how, how he likes him because he's such a, a great example of a specialist in that particular position and he does what he does so well. But I mean, he got away with murder. Like he played wonderfully played wonderfully but he could have been sent off about three or four times uh, for all the yellow card worth offences he was doing and just kept brazenly doing them and getting away with it it was quite remarkable yeah he, he did he got away with it like you said and um, he didn't even get a yellow in the end I believe so um, the referee must have been watching a different game completely or it was yeah, it's only Fernandinho it's like the commentator said he's got a nice smile he's got a nice looking face that's why he's not getting booked. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, what did the guy have to do? Kick someone in the face, maybe? I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, Mane nearly kicked him in the face again, didn't he? So, well, um, well, this is the this is the great thing. This is a great irony of it. The only thing that was really being talked about afterwards was the fact that Mane got away with one at halftime. And yet, as the second half rolled on, time and time again, Fernandinho could have been easily put in the book and just didn't get, just, just never happened. I mean, 
I don't know whether that was one of the most uh, sort of simultaneously felt like doffing my cap to him or on the far side, Mendy with the throw in messing was hilarious crack. Oh, it's highlight of the game. <laughs> Oh and man! Everyone was going nuts there, me during that, and he was doing—he was doing it on purpose, of course. Of course, he was, he yeah. was winding the entire ground up. I'm, I'm all for that. I've got no problem with that whatsoever. He literally—he literally took the piss out of the entire stadium. It was uh, a sight to behold, and 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 as you say, so knowingly done. You know what's what's the one thing that's going to wind these up even further? It already went. I'm going to take a few more steps when it's patently obvious that the throwing was backed away. Yeah, remarkable stuff. But like, just to stay with you on this cam for a second, I mean, we're, uh, you know, we, I've had my shout. The Fernandinho thing was a, a really interesting feature to me. Carl spoken about the way the city set up. What did you take out? But from from a Liverpool perspective, was there anything in particular that you, yeah, maybe a positive that you could you could pick out of it, or, or, or was it was it more of a downbeat thing for you? No, it wasn't downbeat. I was I was completely and utterly fascinated by the game, and the fascination for me was. It's pretty much what Carl was saying in the, in the way that City approached the game and the tactical setup they came with. And they very much came not to lose the game. That was, that was their biggest priority. And they didn't want to lose the game because we are title challengers and it, we are in a title race already, even though it's eight, we're eight games in. And it's, it's a sign of the utmost respect that Pep Guardiola has for Liverpool. He knows, and he, and he said it in his, his post-match uh, press conference, that if you play a certain way against Liverpool, with their pressing and transition, no team in the world can live with them. No yeah. team. They're the best in the world at it. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you know, and three, three managers in, in the, on the trot now have stopped us literally from pressing the way we want to press. But that if you look at the managers... They're some of the best managers in the world. It takes a special manager to stop us from playing the way we want to play. But at the same time, you've got to be really, really lucky to beat us. You've really got to be, you know, on top of your game in every aspect. And Napoli were that day and uh, City, they they should have won it. You know, let's not try and look at it any other way. We got away with it on a... On Sunday, they they sh- they could have had two or three penalties, um, but they didn't well, look threatening in attack though. At the same time, well, that yeah. also means it, it means that uh, you know we spoke last week about things that go on in the last minute. Liverpool are now three-one up on last-minute incidents, so I'm still taking Napoli. I'm happy with that. No, absolutely. I, I think that's a good point you raised, Cam. I mean, you're talking about Ancelotti, who's, who's you know, people are, are very lazy in their opinion about Ancelotti. He's a great thinker about the game, and he's got ridiculous ability to organise his side in the way that he would like. If you don't believe that, just look at his trophies and his medals. I mean, you know, and, and have a word with yourself. I think people are incredibly condescending when they speak about Carlo Ancelotti. And as you say, yeah, you've got him. You've also got uh, Sarri, who's... Looking every inch, the um, the accomplished tactician in the Premier League, and um, you know, then the the guy who's put on the pedestal above all, the the the, the great uh, the great Pep, and as you say, each and every one of them have managed to help their sides to stifle us. But it is that thing, uh, it's that thing I said last week and the week before, and you've just said it. We're tough. To, we're tough to beat. We are tough to beat. And you say we got away with it on, on Sunday. Well, it was Sunday, wasn't it? You say yeah, we yeah. got away with it. I'm not 100% sure I concur. I think 
it was such a weird stalemate of a game that I think, you know, we probably had as much. I think on a different day, there's a couple of those Mo Salah attempts and goal that are, I mean, they're sort of remarkably tame. It's He's like a guy who's, I'll just get it on target. And, and you know, it, 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 whereas last year he was stroking the top corner. You know, Sadio again, you know, just not quite where he needs to be. Bobby had one of his uh, least effective games in ages. I don't know what the crack is there. I don't, I didn't feel like we got away with anything. I think that was a well-deserved point. Uh, I think, you know, it would have been a hearkening back to the old days if Virgil, our main man, had caused us to lose uh, at the last minute. And I think, as Carl says, it's a glorious thing that we didn't. It's actually a positive rather than, well, we could have lost it in the end. I feel like, yeah, but we didn't. And that's yeah. the thing. Do you know what I mean? We yeah, yeah, didn't. yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I, I, I go with that. I go with that. I mean, but you're mentioning the, just looking back at the penalty, you know, if that had been given against Lovren, that penalty was going in. Yeah. Because, yeah. It, because it was Lovren who had made the mistake. It's just because well, it was Virgil. Yeah, but what you're talking about there is some sort of juju magic. Yeah, and yeah. I, I completely agree with you, and it, but yeah. it makes no sense. There is no logic to it. And no. people will say you're daft, but I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. Also, so, also Dan Lovren had the tackle of the match. Oh, oh that did. was superb. Did, yeah. Cele- yeah. Cele- celebrated that like a goal. But can we say... Because his position's all over the place. He shouldn't be going for the ball in that position. He's no. not coming in at the side. He's coming in straight at him. Yeah, and uh, and it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. So much so that I actually checked his shirt number when he ran away. But I will say, uh, lads, and I don't know how both of you feel about it. And again, I, I'm 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 kind of aware that I'm turning into one of those guys who's, who who likes to have a moan about certain players. I'm, and I don't want it to be like that. But when Lovren's name was on the team sheet, I did wince a bit. And it's it's to do with associations. It's to do with. Uh, teams that don't win stuff and, and the people who are in them and, and, and the guys who make mistakes and, and all the rest of it. And I'm sure certain people have that sort of association with Jordan Henderson, whether fair or unfair. I don't care. This is my thing. Every time I see Simon Mignolet in a Liverpool shirt now, I wince. When I see Dejan Lovren, I still wince. I, I know he can do good stuff. That tackle is good. He was actually quite majestic at times. He was aerially wonderful. Aerially wonderful. He was uh, positionally excellent for the most part, except on two cr- critical occasions. And he can also take the ball out of the fence and play a decent pass in defeat. So he does have all the things that you want him to have. But there, as Cam said, there were a couple of occasions there where on a different day, um, you know, he's responsible for two penalties and, and, and that just Fucks everything into a cocked hat, frankly, in my in my mental appraisal of Dejan Lovren. So, I mean, what were your think? What was your what was your take on a car when you saw the team? And I mean, do you see like what, what does that tell us? Does that tell us that actually uh, Matip is now number four choice? I think that's clearly the case, is it? Oh God, absolutely, yeah, and, and rightly so, absolutely, one hundred percent. When I saw the team, my first thought was it's an unnecessary change. Unless he's thinking maybe protect Trent because they're so good at coming down the sides and Trent just likes to go forward a lot. So that was my first thought. But Joe Gomez is, um, he was great by the way. Um, did, I maybe thought maybe Joe Gomez is a bit sort of more, a bit more Klein like, sits back a bit more and maybe that's what we were trying to do. Um, unless he's thinking that they're going to play three on three, um, uh, in, in Mares Aguero and, um, and the other lad, he wasn't bad either, him. And, uh, I just thought maybe that was it. I thought maybe Gomez was better on Sterling. 
But I, I thought it was unnecessary. But to be honest, the second the game kicked off, I just forgot about it because I, I don't think Dion Lovren, Wembley aside, is that bad. And mm-hmm. um, and he proved it. I thought he was really good. He, he made my top three players on on the day. You thought he was, he was really good, very strong. And um, so you know you you want to view these things with hindsight to a certain extent. But, yeah, uh, uh, but, but but what you're doing there is you're 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 just giving uh, giving a free pass on the two daft things that he's involved in. Uh, because but it's not a pen- I'm not having that thing as a penalty with Aguero. That was just laughable. They he, came together. Uh, and, oh, they said, oh, because the city on said, oh yeah, that was a push. For God's sake! I mean, if if you want to waft a feather on the back of his neck, fair enough. But I'm not having that as a penalty in a million years. I'd be furious if that was given. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 when I was looking at it, it looked like he did come through him a bit awkwardly where he didn't have to. But, but Aguero okay. stood straight up again straight away in a sort of, I'm not even going to bother claiming that. Well, the, the one on Jesus, I, I think, you know, there's definite, there's, there's, there's hefty enough contact. We were talking about it afterwards. I think there's, uh, Dave was saying that we, he, he saw a, a shot, uh, where they were lining up for the penalty and there was a big mark on, on, on Gabriel Jesus's face. So, I mean. He got away with that one too, like is is my point. But look, anyway, as we say, let's look at the positives. And and uh, Carl just mentioned it there. Joe Gomez uh, Cam was actually fantastic. Grew into the game again, um, as he has done on a, a few occasions. Maybe a little bit sort of sketchy at the start, but by God, by the time the game was concluded, I thought he was, if not our best player, certainly in the top two or three. Yeah, he he was excellent. Uh, one shanked uh, kick that led to that. Aguero yeah, falling yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I don't recall anything he did wrong. He was he was playing much deeper in the first half, and then the second half, he was crossing the halfway line a lot more. Put a couple of crosses in uh, into the box, and um, he, he was he was more progressive in his play. Um, I like you was was shocked at well not shocked but not overly happy with the change. Uh, I didn't want to see the partnership of uh, Joe and um, uh, Vir- Big Virgil break up at all. So, um, because I think they're forming a really, really good partnership together. And we've said it, it, before, it seemed unnecessary. Yeah, it did. And it's, we've said, yeah, you're right, Cole. It is, it's, it did seem unnecessary. With hindsight now, it was the right thing because we kept clean sheet. But, for me, it's about when I've said it before. It's about partnerships at the back, and there's a there's a definite partnership developing between Virgil and and Joe Gomez and Allison, and that's that's you know that's your nucleus of your defence there. And why would you tinker with that? And you know, again, we said it. it the, the two centre backs are crucial in everything we're trying to in the way we're trying to play our football, in the way that they control. They they almost dictate the the pace of the game because. Um, midfield sometimes does not dictate the pace of the game, and you've seen Joe come out with the ball, and he's a, he's a very good passer of the ball. You know, I think he's I think he's probably underrated in how well he does pass the ball, and to move him out wide, and you, you you're losing that a little bit, but it was all good. We kept a clean sheet. What about the other major uh, talking point, which everyone wants to cry about? Which is, you know, oh, the attack is misfiring, et cetera, et cetera. And there are points in favor and points against. And you'd have to be a bit daft to uh, say that it wasn't the case. You'd have to be sort of like, uh, I don't know, um, you know, people are saying, well, if you look at the stats compared to last year and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Just please don't stop me to death. Can we look at what is actually happening, uh, right now? You know, with the evidence of our eyes and our ability to watch a game. And if you do that, 
wouldn't it be fair to say that, you know, uh, I'm asking you this, Cam, wouldn't it be fair to say that, you know, we do have, by comparison with last year, a less free-flowing attack in terms of, no, sorry, we have a less uh, penetrative attack. The free-flowing movement is there. Um, I thought Mo was particularly unlucky. I thought he was strong. His movement was wonderful. Um, But again, it's just that sharp end bit that's missing. And you can sort of, you could allow people to have a little bit of a panic and sort of say, listen, don't get carried away. But you can also say that people are saying it's absolutely grand are probably sticking their fingers in their ears and saying la, 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 because there is something there, right? Yes, there is something there, but we're top of the table. We're joint top of the table. Um, okay, our goal difference is as good, is not as good as anybody else's. Which is why, which is why we could be actually top. Do you, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, that's the I, 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 I do, I do, but then let's look at the teams we've played. We've played three of our top six rivals as such already this season. That's three tough games. Yeah. We've also played two incredibly tough away games in Crystal Palace and Leicester. That's five out of the eight games. We've had a really, really difficult games. Now, if you're expecting us to be blitzing teams in those five games, You've, you've got another thing coming. Look at two of the other games, which were West Ham and Southampton. We scored seven goals in those games. What are we worried about? The five games are diff- were really difficult. We're not, you're not going to get a hat load of goals in those games. And then two, two of the games, we actually got seven. I can't remember what the other, which is the other game I'm missing out in my mind. Um, Brighton, yeah. Brighton. Brighton 1-0, Salah. Brighton 1-0. So, um, don't forget, Brighton had just beaten Man United. Yeah. Uh, was it the week after they'd beaten Man United or the week before? Yeah, or yeah week, after, week after. The week after, yeah. Week after. So they're on a high. <coughs> they, they've beaten Man United. Why are we, why are we stressing? Seriously. I'm not, I'm because, not at all. I mean, and, and why should we be looking at what they did last year? How's that going to help us this year? What does that, what does that do for us this year? It doesn't do a thing. I agree with you, but the people who are looking at last year are doing it in, in order to sort of, inverted commas, defend the performance of the front three as if it needs defending. I just think the clearly obvious thing that's happening, Carl, is that, you know, the interaction is good, the runs are good, the the timing of most things is good, except the very last ball or the, the very last finish. And it was kind of summed up by that wonderful thing that Mo did where he took the ball in, showed tremendous strength to hold off a big grok, rolled him, beat him, Opened up the whole goal for himself, had the shooting, had a shooting opportunity where he wasn't under pressure and managed to curl it sort of safely into the goalkeeper's chest. Back pass. Yeah, it was a back pass. It was a that, Steve McMahon one on one. Yeah, you know that type of thing. And it just makes you go, ah, we're just not quite there yet. And that's what I mean by uh, that, that's that side, that, that final little thing that's just not working. And here's the thing I want to hop off you. I said it to, um, Jan in the previous pod and I was, I was, because it, it, it struck me as we were talking. Um, what do you think is, what do you think of the opportunity now that we have ahead of us with the, the run of games that begin with Huddersfield where, Actually, the thing that might fix this is being able to take those guys, our main men, out of the firing line one or two at a time and introduce the very able and capable substitutes that are Shakiri and Sturridge. And maybe then when the pressure isn't on for the three of them to do their thing every week, week on week, game after game, maybe they start to come back in and find their feet a little bit. Is there anything to be said for that, do you think? I wouldn't do that. 
there's no way I'd do that. I'd play the same three again because Huddersfield feels like a free game after what we've just been through. And um, they're not going to be playing against the Port and Stones every week. They're not going to be playing about the, the um, in Napoli's back four every week. They're not going to be playing against Alonso uh, at Chelsea and Azpilicueta uh, and Riediger every week. This is where they start making hay. Um, and I think Storage and Shakira will get on. They might even get half an hour each. I don't know, but I, I certainly wouldn't take them off. There's one thing I've got to say about the Mo Salah situation, though. And I don't think people are, are thinking about it this way. You've got to look at context. This sentence, which I'm about to say now, is nuts. Last season, Mo Salah in his first season nearly equaled Ian Rush's record from 1984. That, that's what you're putting him up against at the moment. And, you know, he's not going to do that every season. My God, if he does, then, you know, I, I will, I'll, I'll see you lads in the check-in clinic the next morning after it in May. But, um, that's, that's the thing that y'all stick up against. They're not, it's not going brilliantly for them, but they've, they've all scored. They've got what, three or four each? Something mm. like that. It's, that's not a crisis as far as I'm concerned. I've got more, more, I've got issues with some Liverpool players at the moment, but it's not the front three because, we're playing against some seriously good sides at the moment. Sides, sides are going to get easier, and they're going to get room. And I just think that's going to happen. That's I I I, I like that. Yeah. Would you be in concurrence there, Cam, in terms of that suggestion I was making about maybe it might be uh, useful to be able to spell out one or two of the the big guys, or would you be more in in Carl's camp for saying, look, keep playing them, let them make hay against the uh, weaker opposition than they'd be facing recently. Um, the only reason I'd be resting them is if it's a fatigue issue. I always yeah. want to see our best players play. What I would also like to say is our midfield needs to step up and score more goals. Navigator. Sorry. Nav- navigator, you're right, but Navigator is, is, there's a, there's a, I think there's a worry with him on the injury front. I don't think he's quite right. I saw uh-huh. a report today he was training on his own with the, um, with his national team. So there's a reason you train alone. Either you've pissed everyone off or you're not 100% fit. And I don't think he's 100% fit. And I don't think he's probably been uh, 100% fit since the start of the season for one reason or another, because he hasn't been, he hasn't quite shown that explosive quality we've been looking for. Apart from and the first was, game. The apart, first game he was astonishing. Yeah. And, and, and I've seen, all I've seen is a tribute absence. And he was really good against Crystal Palace away, mind. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was. And um, but he he's he's looked off the off the boil, and I think it's uh, probably a lot of expectation on him as well. But we we are lacking goals from midfield, and when your front three are not on it, other players need to step up. And you can't just look at the front three and expect front three to get eighty goals in the league for you again this season or whatever it was they got between them last year. Yeah, but that that you you are therefore then putting an awful lot of weight on 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 the shoulders of of Naby in terms of hoping that he'll come good. And it was a really weird and um, pretty poor performance uh, when he came on at the weekend and sort of grew into it a bit. He was reasonably effective by the end, but yeah, not a good performance by Naby at all. And I guess some people are going to be thinking, okay, you're asking that question. Does the midfield need to step up and score goals. It's the only one that could potentially do that if Naby doesn't start hitting the ground running, and hopefully it will be him, is is what, Ginny Wijnaldum? Because Jordan Henderson's not going to suddenly start scoring goals. You know, that's not going to happen. James Miller isn't suddenly going to start scoring goals and play. Um, and he's not going to be around for a while. So it's going to have to be Naby. So, they, I mean, if anything, the, the uh, ex 
expectation and, and, and uh, pressure on him to perform is, is going to step up in the coming weeks, which is interesting. Adam Lallana. Oh, please. <laughs> I literally did that just to annoy you. Oh, man, I can't. I can't with him. I just Adam Lowe's. Adam Lowe's up front. Oh, Left of the three. Lovely. Like, guy, guy's got it absolutely spot on. By saying? Fuck no. Yeah. I mean, like, look, and it's, I'm sure he's a lovely lad with his lovely hair and, 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 uh, you know, heroin chic head on him, but I can't, I just can't with that kid. And you just know. But you never know. Good. But then again, you never know. We, we, we have seen. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to give him a chance because we need goals from midfield. Yeah. So, and I think from midfield, there's a possibility he could, but then, this is what we got Shakiri in the team for as well now. Yes, that's my point. Play yes. that little fucker. He's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. I love him. And, 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 and he is and, a goal threat. And bring Daniel Sturridge on when you you know don't give him two minutes at the end of a game. Give him it's half an hour. Exactly that. And, you exactly. know, and, and rotate him in with the front three. Bring Shakiri on. Rotate him in with the front three. And at the end of the day, they'll be hungry. They'll be fired up for it. They want to prove a point. That's kind of what I was saying. I just think yeah. that works well. I think that works well for the balance of the squad. And as you said, if there is a fatigue issue or whatever, or a little worry with 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 Naby, and it's 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 ironic after the outlay that we have had on on Fabinho, and hopefully he'll come good, and uh, and Naby that we we are sort of looking and, and cocking a, a, an eye scans at the midfield and saying, yeah, that's the one area we need. And people are doing a lot of crying about Nabil Fekir over the last couple of weeks when we haven't been scoring goals. It's quite interesting, Carl, isn't it, that we're, we're always focused on what we don't have. Are you dropping? Well, that's the, there, there's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, there's, there's the thing. Uh, there's the thing. Everyone has their fantasy team, but whether it would work is another thing altogether. We're not allowed 15 players in the starting lineup. We've tried that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, yeah. League, the league said no. Yeah, well, you know, an awful lot of people will go uh, Ginny in 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 the six and Naby and uh, and 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 Nabil and uh, were were happy out or or some variation of that. Fabinho, they would hope would come good, and the two lads ahead. But I mean, again, it's about chemistry, it's about team balance and work rate and all that kind of stuff. But it's just interesting. People do focus on what they don't have, and that's I suppose that's just nature, I guess. Uh, and Nabil Fakiri is injured right now. Yeah, well, there you go. The poor devil. Don't be picky, brains, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. He's he's out for three or four weeks, right? It's always the little things, isn't it? You've got to bring him up all Just the time. He can't play. Oh. <laughs> put him, put him on with his Zimmer frame for all I care. You know, if he's going to go, score the goals, let's get him in. What the yeah. hell? If you if you could do uh, if you could do a sort of um, uh, wishful emergency parachute uh, in at, at Christmas, it's probably massively unlikely given the outlay in the summer. But if you could, uh, who would be your, your dream pick to get into the squad to bolster for the second half? What from uh, our own squad? Yeah, yeah. So if you if you could just sign a recruit in January for, right, for our uh, squad, who would it be? Um, Any names coming off the top of your head there? No, I don't know enough about it. Uh, uh, it would have to be somebody from outside of the league. It would have to be some superstar. It's got to be somebody who's going to be better than what we have, which probably isn't too difficult with our midfield right now. Um, I honestly don't know. I, I mm. don't know enough. You, you're asking the wrong person. Can I um, Can I see how many followers I'll lose on Twitter in, in just two words? Aaron Ramsey. Anthony Martial. Ooh, ooh. Uh, Martial in four seasons he scored 25 goals for Manchester United doesn't play he doesn't play enough he's brilliant he, he is he's fantastic I, I think he's a 
superb player. I agree with. And you. he's every and he's he's he's, he's every, every inch a Liverpool player as well. He fits in the system perfectly. Could we just could we just get him for the absolute fucking needle of it? Because that would be the best part of it. Sure. Oh, I'm not going to play him. No, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> we, we've, we've got him on the last day of transfer day along with Richarlison. Oh my god, I'd go out forever. I would go out forever. <laughs> Richarlison and then put, and then register for the under 23s. That'd be yeah. amazing. If, if speaking speaking of of uh, the the um, the shower, um, briefly speaking of the shower, what are you making of the of the crack there? I mean, we obviously want that to stretch out a bit, but just a quick bit of feedback before we move away from the football. You know, normally they are of course um, supposed to be in the group that are our rivals, and they've done a marvelous job of separating themselves away back from the pack at the moment. Um, do you see Cam this uh, Mourinho thing stretching out a bit more? Do you? I presume you hope it does. Yeah, I've got. A, I've probably got a whisper here because I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. in the, I'm in the heartland of a dirty bank family house. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm loving every second of it, and I'm and I'm <laughs> and I am sat like a smug Cheshire cat, not saying a word because I know as soon as I say anything, it will fucking bite me in the arse. So um, I'm just going to leave it at that, and I'm sure you can appreciate what I'm trying to say there. Well, of course, you just smile and look on and be happy. Yeah. You know, Carl, like, to, to put the same thing to you, like, he seems to be doing some sort of destroy and exit policy at the moment, and it's for some reason not working. They're keeping the faith with him. Uh, do you see it lasting? And I don't know, was it you that was saying, I mean, who do you bring in? I mean, what, what, what does United, what, how did they look better? What, what do you do? Um, what are the options? And don't tell Pardew. me. Pardew. <laughs> yeah. Brendan yeah, Rogers. Brendan Rogers. The Brendan Rogers shout is so glorious that Boys. I can't. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. But uh, the Brendan Rodgers shit probably isn't going to happen either. But so anyhow, mm. he's just saying names now. <laughs> well, you, know, you know, I was thinking about this the other day because I, um, uh, I, I watched the first half. I, I had a meeting in, in, on on Sunday night. Uh, sorry, on Saturday night, so I couldn't watch the second half. But um, there was something about it that was bugging me, and I couldn't think what it was. I said, "This is something comparable in Liverpool's recent history," and I can't think what it was. And I went on Twitter, and I read a few of my mates tweeting. And two of them said exactly this. I just said the one sentence and they were absolutely right. Do you remember that game on New Year's Day under Hudson when we beat Bolton in the last minute 2-1? And Hudson went berserk because we were a goal down. We won 2-1 in the last minute. And everyone in the ground laughed because we were so bad. And it was inevitable he was going to get sacked. And he went eight days later, I think it was. Um, it just felt like that to me when they got the winner. I just thought, well, that's papered over the cracks for another three weeks. And he thinks he's safe now because of that. Yeah. Um, they, they backed him. Um, but I was trying to think of a player who he hasn't thrown under a bus. And all I can think of is Lukaku. I think that's it. Yeah, and because um, Rory Smith made the, made the point. Well, the only people he hasn't slagged off are the people he's bought. And now he's pissing off Sanchez as well. That's a good shout. And, and the Sanchez thing is so much fun. Like the story is about him having little chats with the with the lads in the tunnel and having a little cry for himself and... The fact that he's been dropped, lads. I mean, that's bananas. The guy yeah. is, the guy is, is, is like, I, I don't want to talk about money, but how can you, how can you not play an asset that's costing you so much? Three, three fifty a week. It's more, man. It's nearly half a million. Is it's it? Half a, okay. It's half a million. Yeah. yeah. 
it's an unbelievably disproportionate amount for a human to be taking in for the the lack of um, effect he's having. It's it's remarkable. Anyway, look, let's. Well, he justified it all nice. He's got the winner last game, didn't he? That's all it did take. Yeah, yeah, but so did Maxi against Bolton on that fateful day, January Um, the first, two thousand eleven. Wouldn't you just love Maxi to have played in a proper setup where you'd have yeah. like, like he, I know he got a bit of time under Kenny, but like when you love him, I, I, what a player he was. I really liked that guy. Two Patricks and two games, wasn't it? Ah, yeah. what a footballer. Jesus. Yeah. And he got a song and he got an actual song. He did get a proper song. Is it yeah. the best song ever? Is it the best football, uh, the, the player song tribute ever? I it think it's up be. there. I really I like it. It is. I think it might well be. I think it might well be. Uh, we should maybe finish the show a, a little bar of that. Um, let's move away from football with the time we have left. We're getting into the danger zone of not having a, 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 our usual uh, little segue away from it. So I had a couple of questions for you. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna go down through them. We'll keep the ones that we don't get to today. We'll see how it goes. Um, the first one I asked you to think about, and I don't know if you've uh, done any 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 prep on this but the first one i asked you to think about was a thing that i heard on a different uh podcast during the week i listened to about seven thousand podcasts and the one the the, the 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 lads were having a chat and one of them said well what crime would you commit then if you could get away with it with just complete impunity no comeback ever so that opens up the floor to you doing something absolutely horrific if you want or you can be as harmless as you want. What crime would you commit if you could get away with it? Now, I asked you to think about this. Did you manage to think about this is the first question. Yes. <laughs> well, slightly, well shaky, slightly shaky voice in the background. A small <laughs> raised finger. Yeah. Complex silence was, was, was remarkable. But I, want, I really, I really want to hear what you come up with, Cam, I just, right. I feel you got to, God, which way do you think I'm going? Do you think I've committed a a heinous crime? You know, do you think there's death involved? Or I I think you're stealing sweeties or something. I think you're gonna. I think it's gonna be pretty harmless. But go for it. Yeah, you're spot on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna steal a billion or two, or three or four, from uh, Apple. They they won't miss it. Soon as they're soon as they're worth a trillion, which is approximately. A trillion dollars, which is approximately seven hundred and seventy billion pounds. They're not going to miss a, a couple of billion, are they? Which I can share amongst all my nearest and dearest, including your podcast chums. I hope my nearest and dearest. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker! <laughs> at least by drinking that, with Toby Carvery. That, at least that, by with Toby Carvery. Come on. Well, you're my nearest and dearest. You are my nearest and dearest. Toby Carvery's all round. All round. <laughs> yes. Of course, he's going to say, "I don't go to Toby Carvery's. Uh, I, I go to Stonehouse Pizzas." <laughs> you still haven't told us how you're getting this money, man. This is just a con. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hack their account, aren't I? Ah, okay, okay. You're gonna do some cyber fucking. Yeah, that's, that's okay. the it's the easiest way to do it just transfer it from one one account to another account to another account to another account and eventually after a million odd accounts it's in my account well i uh i applaud your uh your technical nous and uh i look forward to seeing the story in the news uh and just, also just imagine how much stock zara are going to lose that week I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will and, buy Zara that week. <laughs> you 
might as well, man. Yeah. You might as well. You're basically living there. And anyway. let's be honest, Apple will have made that money by the time it gets to me anyway. Yeah. Notice. They've made it since you started that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't it, isn't it really bizarre? My, my one was almost exactly the same. It was to sort of absolutely sort of liberate some money from a place that shouldn't have it and take it for myself and, uh, uh, and me and mine. Um, it was almost exactly the same. Uh, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna take it from, uh, some horrible governmental agencies across the, the big stretch of water. But I mean, it's, it's weird. That's where my mind went. Carl, I've got, I've, just I've, got, I've got something similar, but um, you're not going to murder someone, right? Uh, I was going to say something, <laughs> but I don't know how much the FBI listens to the podcast. Yeah, so, probably wise not to. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're on me because I'm a conspiracy theorist. So you're fucked. So be careful. That's true. And uh, I'd like to say hello to our friends at GCHQ at the moment. <laughs> Hi guys. I know someone who works there, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's sure. not good. <laughs> Probably listening in. I would, you know, the film Trading Places where they ruined Dan Aykroyd's career. Um, career. He's a big city dealer and stuff, and they make him poor and they make him poor, and he he has to resolve to crime. I would like to do that to Ian Duncan Smith. And not only was I ready to answer that, but I, this has been in my head for a short story for quite some time. Because after, after all he's done is basically just cut welfare benefits and cut them and cut them and cut them and cut them and, cut them and said people can survive on this money. Um, I'd love to see him have a go at that. That's an interesting one. I like it a lot. And lovely sense of poetic justice. And it's not greedy, which is remarkable. No, no, I don't want his money. I just want it. I'll, I will redis- I'll di- redistribute that amongst the Tovey Carberries of the East North. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, so Drinkle gets arrested, not me. Yeah. That's why I'm doing it, that. It, it, it does. It, it makes you a better man than me and Brain. You were going off with barrel loads of money for no, ourselves. I'll, 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 I'll pay for Drinkle's uh, bail. I'll okay. yeah, get There we yeah. go. <laughs> yes. Sorted. Sorted. Next one was, uh, again, something I came across recently. People talking about this on a podcast I was listening to, talking about the best opening scenes from movies. And everyone always goes to. Uh, some of the old reliables, I'm imagining maybe one of you, I hope I'm not going to steal your thunder, but an awful lot of people would have gone with. I think you might. I think you're going to go into it. I might going to go to it. Yeah. Is there water and sand involved? No. Okay, no. well then, most people go with the the, the opening sequence from um, Saving Private Ryan, don't they? You know. Oh, oh okay. Beach yeah, landing yeah. and all that. That's I, know, I, know, I know someone in that. In the beach landing scene, yeah? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Right. Well, most people go a lot. I think that left a real impact on a lot of people. But uh, I'm interested in your one. Now, what were you going to say, Carly? What if it's if it's not that one? You're going to get it. If I could just quote the opening line, you're going to know what I mean. Go on. And I'm, I'm sure lots of people are thinking the same thing. Let me tell you what Like a Virgin's about. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Because it's just brilliant. It's just, a belter. Just, 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 until, just right until it goes onto the opening titles, where they all start to slow walk across the screen. It's Reservoir Dogs, if you haven't worked it out from that, but. I just, it's, I know it goes on for far too long, but they're all brilliant in that scene. I was going to say, how long is that sequence? That's a it must be, it must be eight minutes. It must be. Yeah, it must be eight minutes. He, he's good at those though. The opening uh, sequence to Inglorious Bastards is brilliant as well. Yeah, he, oh, and, Pulp, and Pulp Fiction. And Pulp Fiction, like he, he's got that shit down. To be fair to him, um, Cam, do you have a specific one? Oh, I don't need to say it now. You just said it. What, what is it? Hans Lander, the Jew Hunter. Ah, yeah. yeah, that 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 is amazing though. That is an amazing though, because he's so evil. He's so evil, but he's so nice. Yeah, that it. Yeah, you know when he's just he sat there and he's drinking that milk, drinking complimenting the milk, yeah. them. 
yeah, and saying, you know, how brilliant it is. And then obviously he, he then switches to English, uh, and then they don't know what he's talking about. And he, the farmer has to point out where, where the, unfortunately the family is hiding under the floorboards. And then he's saying his goodbyes back in French and he brings the soldiers in and then the soldiers destroy the floor, but they miss one. Yeah. The one little girl. And she crawls out the little hole and she runs away and she's running and running and running. Then he just steps outside and he watches her and he just keeps watching her. And then he takes out his pistol and he takes aim and you're thinking she's too far. There's no way the bullet's going to reach. And then he just says, I can't, I can't remember what he says, but he just says something and then he just drops, drops his pistol and lets her go and you I think, think he, i think he calls out her name or something unless i'm mistaken i think that's what he does yeah he does yeah i think he does yeah. yeah i think he calls her name yeah yeah it's, it's incredible it's just, isn't it? it's, it's you know for it's about eight minutes that scene again yeah and, it, and it's tarantino who is an amazing director absolutely phenomenal and he just nails that scene absolutely nails the whole of it it's just wonderful I, go on Carl, I, I, sorry i was, I was going to say and yeah Jackie Brown, which I think is an incredibly underrated film. I, I love how the opening titles for that is just "Woman Gets on Walkway." And yeah, that, I mean, I'm just gonna start watching anything with Pam Grier for more reasons than one. But um, it's just like you know, nothing's happening, but you're just transfixed because thinking something's gonna happen. It's Tarantino. Nope. Yeah, but, just, but it, it also doesn't have to because the the the, the music and the, the, yeah, is the, so the, 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 yeah, it's Bobby Womack. It? It's, I mean, it's just, uh, you, you get you play across 110 Street. I'm watching that all day. It's uh, it's glorious stuff. My one, uh, by the way, before I give my one, guy is in the chat box telling us all, and he's been telling us all all day that it's Blade. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna admit this, that whole phenomenon sort of passed me by. So I can't, me too. I can't comment on it one way or the other. I'm going now to watch it. Just like I watched Jurassic Games on Guy Drinkle's recommendation. You watched it? You what? I tried to find bits of it and I found bits of it. I was telling you this last week. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was actually seen the whole thing. I was going to say, Christ. I know, like, I, 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 he's absolutely disgusted with us that we don't know the one movie that he, he's watched uh, all the time. But anyway, look, sorry, Guy. My, my one will actually be from the year I was born, 1973, which, of course, now has finally given away my age uh, to everybody in the world. And I can't uh, make them up from now on. Um, but it's uh, Mean Streets. Uh, and the opening sequence to that is just incredible. It's Harvey Keitel. The postbox. No, it's not. It's actually that's that. It's Harvey. Oh yes, after that, yes, after from, that. A, from a bad dream. Um, the car, the character of Charlie, and uh, he says, uh, "You don't make up for your sins in the church. You do it in the streets or at yeah. home. The rest is bullshit, and you know it." And then he falls slowly backwards in a kind of a slow mo um, jump cut thing, and boom, we get the Ronettes, "Be My Baby," and across the whole track. There's all this beautiful Super 8, like family home movie type footage of all yeah. the major characters. There's something about it. I know it's very uh, movie student uh, wanky thing, but I just love it. Uh, for me, it's one of the best pieces of 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 uh, 70s cinema. I just love that sequence so much, and the movie's very close to my heart as well. So that's the it's one. Beautiful film. It's a beautiful. It looks beautiful. That film. Yeah, it's just genuinely fantastic if you haven't seen main streets for the love of god go and do that for yourself last one then lads for today is um it is of course we know the 
one year birthday of AI Pro and um, everyone very happy with the uh, progress so far. Lots of congratulations all over the Twitter today. Um, so it got me thinking about birthday presents and I was going to ask you, you can either tell me the best or the worst one you ever got in your life birthday present. What was it? So um, Cam, I'll go to you first on this. The worst one was I got a, a Sony Hi-Fi. And people probably think some of our younger uh, listeners, what's a hi-fi? <laughs> what's a hi-fi, Daddy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Is it the like same a, as a MIDI? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. A hi-fi. So uh, it's a turntable, an amplifier, uh, a tuner, and a cassette deck. And I'm looking at this hi-fi, and I'm thinking, okay, they bought me a hi-fi, and they put it in the living room. It's not in my bedroom. It's in the living room. Oh, God, room. they bought it for the family. <laughs> oh, shit. So, but, but it gets better. So I'm then like, well, can I buy some records? Yeah. No. Can, I, can I buy the verb? I like the verb. <laughs> <laughs> I only need the one. Just the one album. <laughs> well, I, to be fair, I got my first record, and it was um, Prince Charming uh, by Adam Ant. So, um, yeah. okay. And that's all I got. They never let me play anything else again, so that was Oh, fun. man, that's, that's really sad. <laughs> that's really sad. I mean, how old was I? I was probably about uh, 12, 13 at the time. Oh, my Christ. Yeah. So that was... Early 80s. Early 80s. I can, I, I, I'm going to outdo this. It's not not what I saw. It's not what I got, but what I saw, my, my best mate when I was growing up, he lived up the road, and it was his, it was, uh, his brother's uh, birthday uh, Christmas present for him. Uh, birthday present for him uh, when he turned, uh, what was it, 13, 14. Um, you used to get, back in those days, uh, with a certain type of jeans, I think it was Lee jeans or some of those cowboy types, you used to get a free Garth Brooks CD. Nice. <laughs> with the jeans. Now, our friend decided to wrap up the free Garth Brooks CD, which, listen, I'm sorry, even back then it was the height of uncool. Nobody wanted to listen to that crap. Uh, he gave that to his brother as, as his birthday present. Nice. I, 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 you have to admire the, 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 share the wealth. That's, share the that's wealth. Some, can I, stuff. can I just add, can I just add, this is the, the icing on the cake with mine. Because my birthday was in December, guess what my Christmas present was as well? The Adamant record. Oh God, it doubled up. It doubled up. Dude. <laughs> Jesus. Well, at least it, it beat the VCR the, the year after. Oh man, that's unbelievable! <laughs> you got played badly, pal. Every you got played year. Bad. Every oh, year. Jesus, Jesus. Uh, Carl, can you rival that for a bad one, or do you have a good one? I'll go for two because one, one slight childish, one's great. The best ever thing, birthday present I got was uh, uh, me and my sister went to Tromsø in North Norway for my fortieth, and that was amazing because I've uh, um, I just thought the fact that it was dark twenty three and a half hours a day. Ooh, and yeah. uh yeah which is just amazing we, we went to see the northern lights we didn't see them but it's just it was just a great few days i absolutely loved it got a lot of affection for that place um and but I got, also when i was 13 i got um three presents for my birthday which was uh a tango casey oh, always yes. a good thing oh, wow. uh, at, at my first ever dartboard and at the age of 13, you will play darts 15 hours a day if you've yes, got a you dartboard. Yes, yeah. you will. Um, and um, the jam down in the tube station at midnight t-shirt. Christ, what a haul. 
Yeah, no, yeah. And I, I still think about that. No, I can't think of any of the birthday presents I've got. And believe me, I've had quite a few birthdays. But, yes. um, and, uh, I know I'm getting off my mum for my big one in uh, next month, which is I'm, um, I'm going to Corsica. No, I'm not. I'm going to Sicily. Sorry. I love Sicily. Next May. Yeah, I've never been, so I'm looking forward to that. Torre Molina, my favourite place on earth. And I've, I've said this as well. Um, the day before my next coming birthday, the big one, Liverpool played PSG and I'm going to Paris. Bloody so I will, I will be in Paris on my birthday this year. This year. Uh, um, that's, that all sounds ridiculously swish indeed. I'm got, I mean, I haven't got a ticket, but you know, but I've got a hotel and I've got a train book. Yeah, so. you can you can always watch a Parisian telly. It'll be fine. Well, thing is, though, <laughs> I put this on, I put this on Facebook, and all my mates say, "No, I've got a ticket either. Let's go and watch get pissed in a bar and watch it out there. Fine, I'll do that." Yeah, well, there you go. I, you see, so you actually know people who are travelling just on the on the off chance. Yeah, it, quite, I think quite a few will be doing that. Yeah, the, 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 my, my main mates, I think, um, with about seventy percent sources. So there'll be someone to have a pint with and watch the game, which I'm fine with. I love Paris anyway, so nice. Paris in the springtime. Uh, I love Paris. I've got a microphone here, Chris. Give me a minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen to that croon. It's beautiful. I have so many other questions, but we need to get out to hell because we're after running to 70 minutes. So we will wrap it up for this week. And uh, before we go, the usual thing, I want to ask the lads if they have any final thoughts or anything to plug or anything they want to mention. So, Carl, I usually go to you first. Anything you want to flag up? Another review you want to read there, maybe, perhaps? No, no, I'm not going to do that because I've closed my laptop. Um, I'm going to say, because <laughs> you dared me to say it. She dared me to say this. My friend Serena, whose review I read out earlier, she's um, one of the characters in the book is based on her. She's asked to remind the world of Twitter and Anfield Index that she's single. Oh, the shame. Oh, bless her. That's fantastic. <laughs> that, that is opportunism writ large. I could, um, I could, she didn't give me permission to use her Twitter name. She's not that, she's not that sort of girl, I should say. But, so. uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm massively impressed with that. Fair play, yeah. Serena. God bless her. God, God knows how, because she's magnificent. That's great. We're, great we're looking now for sponsorship from uh, Tinder, uh, <laughs> uh, Match, Match.com. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Uh, <laughs> I, I, just throw them out there, lads. Don't be shy. Well, she said to me once, she said, she said all, all I'm after is someone who's red, someone who's uh, not that ugly and is quite funny. Cheers. Yeah. So there you go. So if, you're, so if you're that, get in touch with me and I'll put you in touch with her. Serena, Rini, I'm so sorry. So sorry, Rini. <laughs> Don't walk away, Rini. That's uh, good fun. That's good fun. Cam, uh, what about yourself? Any any parting ideas or thoughts or anything you want to plug up or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I've got a quote. Um, it's a sentence, but it's quite a good one. Great Is it one. about my book? Yeah, as I said, it's uh, quite a good one. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just four ninety nine, by the way, on Amazon. Carry on. Oh, <laughs> you done three and a half stars yet? No, no. Still all five stars and one four star. Oh, cool, cool. Good man. Right. Anyway, um, great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. And that was by, because you're not going to get it, Elena Roosevelt, the first lady of the United States, whose president, who was the, whose husband, President Franklin D. Roosevelt, served four terms, making her the longest serving first lady of the United States. She would be absolutely uh, fascinated to know that her name had changed to Elena from Eleanor, but also, that is true. <laughs> she also said, and uh, believe me, this is a quote from my first novel. I'm so sorry, everyone, but it's oh, Jesus. Ah, uh, machine gun. 
Don't edit that. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the bleep machine. Heist Damn it. by your own petard. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Glorious. I can't remember the actual quote now, but it's something like, no one can f- make you feel inferior without your permission. Imagine quoting yourself at the end of a podcast and not being able to remember yourself. Yeah. Sorry, that, that was that was, that was a later That's, that's new levels of bad meta right there. Yeah. Right? yeah. I'll serve you that stuff off, that's why. But yeah, that, that's it. No one can make you feel inferior without your permission. It's absolutely true. Well, listeners, do not feel inferior. And if you are listening to this, the free show, I never do this, so I'm going to do it today. It is one year uh, old AI Pro. It is a wonderful service. I think it's unrivaled in fan media, and it's not just because I'm involved. I honestly believe that. There's such a breadth of stuff on there, such a range of voices from uh, professional to fan and everything in between. Uh, you Do yourself a favor and do that trial, that seven-day trial. Uh, and if you don't like it, you can always just check out. But my bet is you're going to stick with it because for the sort of minimal price that you're paying every month, price of an expensive coffee in a in a, an expensive restaurant, you're getting a hell of a lot there. So take my word for it and go and do the trial. And we will finish up by thanking you, our treasured listeners. Um, we do appreciate your support immensely. We are looking, as I always say, to grow this. So please tell someone about this show. It is free. It's us boys every week doing our thing. And we think it's worthwhile. We hope by your listenership you'll be proven that. And if you do want to share it with someone, we'd appreciate that immensely. I've been Trev Downey. Until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.